0: I am recording. Please, God, do not get us canceled, Kevin.
1: Guys, oh. guys, oh. I, I checked I checked my watch, and it's feeding time. Okay, that, this I don't get.
2: That, I am going to stop this, I'm going to stop your bit right here, I don't understand. <laughs> One minute in, I and don't, I'm
0: completely lost.
2: <laughs> <laughs> One minute in, and I'm like, all I am at is Little Shop of Horrors, and like, God, I yeah. wish I had watched that twice in the last two weeks, as opposed to fucking
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would
2: kill I watched I watched Little Shop of Horrors on Thanksgiving with a bunch of friends, you know, in the before times where you could get together with a bunch of friends on Thanksgiving in Brooklyn. Um Did you ever see the cut end the cut ending that I do. Frank Oz the spent like ending, five million dollars uh, on? Yeah, the, the 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 cut ending rules, I think the regular ending is also good. I think the ending the movie it's came fun. with was also good. Uh people just don't like it because it's not the same that they are used to. Uh, but I, 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 God, I wish I had watched Little Shop of Horrors twice and seen the greatest special effect in movie history, Audrey 2, the most incredible built creature I've ever seen in a movie, as opposed to Artemis Fowl, who couldn't even just chill out to, like, find a tree. They had to make, like, a digital tree in the middle of a field in Ireland because they could not be bothered
1: to find a tree. (laughs) They could not... Uh, uh, Ireland or a country like Ireland, notably bereft of trees. Why spend... A tree... The green isle... The emerald isle bereft of trees why
2: spend twenty dollars of your hundred and twenty five million dollar budget on a drone shot of the house when you can just cgi the house entirely
0: why bother i mean too much work this movie is made by disney and disney made a giant fake tree for animal kingdom they have the technology to do big fake trees just do a
1: big fake tree that's real just do a at, real at least big thing. A big tree. tree is meant to cover a water reservoir. Like, there's a reason they made the tree, though.
2: I wish that Artemis Fowl, as produced by Walt Disney Pictures, had used one tenth of the imagination as a Walt Disney theme park. Like,. As as inventive as the Imagineer Get some fucking Imagineers in here If you're Kenneth Branagh and you're having a spot of tea And you're like I'm gonna uh, commit a hate crime against Ireland uh, The first thing I Kenneth do
1: Kenneth Branagh's Irish, isn't he?
2: I guess with a name like Branagh, it but he should
1: still be tried for
0: war crimes for You this can film. still I be think... hateful to your own your own people.
1: It's, guys, guys, I'm sorry to announce the troubles are back because of Artemis Fowl. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there should be a fucking new Nuremberg, and it should just be Kenneth Branagh for his crimes against the Irish in the major motion picture, Artemis Fowl, that we are covering on against the against latest the edition people. of movies. For babies.
0: That's right. The Scooby-Doo one was a backdoor pilot baby.
2: So you know, in the grand history of Sonic the Hedgepod, of a pod called Scooby-Doo, and now uh, Fartimus Bowels, we are here uh, to talk about the Disney's latest uh, release that they they essentially shot twice, looked at, and said. Nah, and then tossed it on Disney Plus. They just fucking chucked it over a their shoulder. It would be
1: so good they wanted it, they wanted to get it to us sooner. <laughs> they just they
2: just couldn't wait for the end of quarantine to get this one out. As it opposed was, to Black Widow, which they saved. Black Widow, they were like, no, we will wait until after the virus is over. Artemis Fowl, they said, get this out of my house. <laughs> I do not want- <laughs> The people must know. I do not want Ferdia Shaw as the 12-year-old criminal mastermind Artemis Fowl in my goddamn house, and they booted him onto Disney+. Plus.
1: A criminal who commits one crime and fails. <laughs> you know, to call oneself a
2: criminal mastermind, as Artemis Fowl does in this film- one must commit crimes, which he does not do.
0: <laughs> but, guys, he's, he's Michael Corleone. He more so makes folks do the crime for that him. Is,
1: that is the most pathetic fucking psyop i've ever fucking seen because he (laughs)
2: well there was that scene in artemis fowl where uh artemis fowl senior was in the hospital and uh artemis fowl jr is standing outside with his hand in his coat pocket pretending he has a gun to scare off would-be fairy assassins and shit (laughs) Do you remember mm
0: -hmm. that uh I, I'm sure that uh Forrest and Lake are very lost right now. So let's let's fill our audience in. Forrest um, <laughs> Forest and Lake, listen, welcome to welcome the podcast. To- <laughs> You're our biggest fan. Come on
2: in. The
0: so, water's fine. What we're referencing here is um this will lead to a second thing, but uh in one of the pre release like publicity interview things for Artemis uh, Fowl. Uh, I've been calling it Artemis Bell for so long that I forgot it's actually Fowl. <laughs> I, I forgot the last real name. Uh, also, Artemis Fowl, but Fowl is spelled F-O-U-L. Um, Excellent. Director Kenneth Branagh said that he wanted Artemis Fowl to feel like Michael Corleone, which is... I, he does
2: wear a suit, to Kenneth he wears
0: Branagh's
1: a, credit. He, he, he's yes, got dark hair. Boy does wear a little suit and little sunglasses. He does have dark hair.
0: He's got dark hair, and he, uh, you know, he's... he, he He's not from America, um, so...
2: Early okay, f- good start, good start. You know, um... He, he fights in a war. Now, his war is against leprechauns, but yes. I think the parallels stand. Um... Mulch but, Diggums is really the Frankie Pentangeli of the uh, Artemis Fowl uh,
0: universe. Right. <laughs> um, well,
1: mulch Diggums is a Fredo at best. And,
0: and of course, and of course in The Godfather... I'm not dumb like everyone thinks I am. <laughs> I'm smart too, Mikey. And of course in The in the, in the the Godfather, there is a horse head. In Artemis Fowl, there's a horse body. It's connected to Foley. Uh, you know, it's... <laughs>
1: In all fairness, Dame Judy Dench is genuinely brandoing because she's acting while refusing to get out of her chair. Yes. While refusing
2: to learn a single line of dialogue. Um, and if she does win any for award th-
0: for this, she will not accept it, but rather, Shashi Little Feather will. <laughs> um, and, oh, I love these jokes
2: that are just for the three of us. Just three of
1: us. No, joke no, about Sashine Little, Little Feather. This episode is just for you. <laughs> it's just for you.
2: Um, and then watch, uh, watch as the Google trend spike skyrockets for Sashine Little Feather,
0: three hundred percent of its usual user base. Um, um, it was to be fair, that was really cool of Brando to do that, but also
1: yeah, no, that was yeah, actually yeah, that was, a was classy cool. move. Um, but. The reason... Uh, it didn't do anything, but it was a classic. Yeah, the right last
2: yeah. cool thing Marlon Brando
0: ever did. It was, yeah, don't look up anything after. Um,
2: don't look up Last Tango in Paris, you will regret it. Yes. Um, he lubes up his dick with butter.
0: Um, but uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh said that he wanted Artemis Fowl to feel like Michael Corleone, and the reason he wanted that was because he did not think uh, audiences would relate to... To the movie, uh, this pretend thing—if uh, Artemis Bell was <laughs> a a criminal—and um, the reason, yeah, this
2: this movie based on a a popular series of
1: children's on, on books, two books. That's that's um, what I was. It's based on the first two books. Well, of here's the,
2: the problem. Um, now, I I read the first five, but that was a minimum of fifteen years ago. Um, so my memory is foggy, but this is a mismatch of like four different Artemis foul. Like it's, it's elements. It is essentially the plot of the first one with some random bits they decided to throw
1: in from the next four. That's uh um, they can't they can't let a little boy crime mat cr- criminal mastermind be either a criminal or a mastermind. Right. I, when I, you I,
2: adapt a popular uh, series of books, the first thing you want to get rid of is the central <laughs> conceit. That's the first yes. thing you want the, to the get rid of. the
1: thrill of a little kid reading a book and the little kid in the book is essentially Hans Gruber. <laughs> Like no, the first book is just Die Hard, except instead of like European terrorists, there are it's, it's a little boy and his giant Russian bodyguard kidnapping a leprechaun.
2: Yeah, it's Irish folklore.
0: Vern, you were interrupted like five
2: times. The it's all good. Yours. I'm sorry. It's Vern. all good. I'm
0: used to it. Um, no, uh, that you you led into what I was uh, curious about, which was I guess Kenneth Branagh changed things because for folks who were not familiar with the source material. Um, Kevin, you just uh, said uh, your history with it. I'm curious to know, Justin, yours, um, but real quick, um, I Artemis Fowl was a thing that I knew existed, and that was the extent of it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge reader as a young kid because every book that was marketed towards me was called artemis fowl or (laughs) harry potter (laughs) or something that just like charlie bone yeah you know like city of ember all this like (laughs) horseshit that like just
1: high fantasy
0: high fantasy yeah there's
1: there's a lot of young
0: adult not harry potter yes there's a lot of young adult literature that has square enix syndrome where the title is just like Kingdom of Hearts three hundred and five <laughs> eight eight over two or whatever, where it's just like the title is a brick wall, and if there's any interest you have mm-hmm. it, it cannot permeate that brick wall. And Artemis Tokyo
2: Mirage Sessions Stroke F E Remaster Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Exactly. And Artemis Fell, um is was one of those things for me. Um and Justin, how about yourself? What do you have any history with Artemis Fell?
1: I loved the first four books, and that was as far as I read. I had a huge crush on Holly when I was in fifth grade. You had a huge crush on the fictional character, like the yes. the
2: non-visual character of Holly, which is fine. We've all oh done the it. I the
1: was just de- a, a deep crush. That's cool. Um,
2: she was cool, yeah. dude.
1: She no, ho- she was a kick-ass secret agent, like soldier who like wore jet packs and. Fucking hated a gross little slime ball like smart Alec kid, which I absolutely did not relate to. Nope, not one. Bit. Um, is now so that's kind of my history with the book. I, I I only read the first four, but I remember them fairly well. I I read the first five. There are eight in total. Eight, and I I mm-hmm.
2: I, I tapped out. Oh, that is from the era of children's. You know, all these all these books that if you squint kind of look like Harry Potter. The, mm-hmm. Every single one of them went on for like four books too many. There was Artemis Fowl. Before
1: YA became an industry.
2: Yeah, exactly. That was Harry Potter made scholastic children's series literature like the dominant form of book publishing until um, Twilight and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo sort of surged um, a few mm-hmm. years later. Even though Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is a little bit older. But the popularity of it really just fucking took Mm -hmm. off. Um, Well,
1: it was once it was translated
2: into English. Exactly. Once everyone was. Once it was at every airport bookstore was when things really fucking took off. But I. Yeah, I read the first. Five and then I saw that the title of the sixth one was like Artemis Fowl and the Time Paradox and I'm like, this is where I this is where I tap out. I can't I can't I can't deal with a time paradox. Exactly. I'm a teenager. It's, I have enough well, stresses.
1: It, it's generally accepted that once you hit time travel, you are officially out of ideas. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. But this
2: will not this will not be a pod of us comparing it to the book and like how could you ruin no.
1: this book? Because that's not interesting. There's there, there's there's not there's the the first book is a bare bones kid finds out fairies are real kidnaps one and then and then the rest of it's just die hard because it's him interrogating the fairy and the yep. fairy trying to figure out how to escape.
2: It's like a die hard thing mixed with like a silence of the lambs kind of thing um with like the prisoner. Yeah, cuz there's
1: a lot of great back and forth dialogue between a 12 year old and a fairy. Yeah,
2: and the 80-year-old fairy, Holly, who in the books is uh, described as having olive-colored skin, and th- and they chose the whitest child ever imagined to play mm-hmm. her in this film.
1: The whitest tween in all of Ireland. Yeah, the whitest <gasps> tween,
2: and, like, I get that the fairies are supposed to be small, and you're kind of backed into a corner at that point, but yeah. having a bunch of twelve year olds play them just looks like fucking Tim Allen's The Santa Claus when like the elf squad
3: <laughs>
2: would would just fucking when it was like a baby David Crumholtz. There would, was would show
0: up. There was uh, a lot of points in this movie where I was like just confused by what I was seeing. And one of the one of the first points was just like when we saw I. Which I'm learning now her name is Holly. When we saw Holly in Artemis Bell... <laughs> In frame together, and they're the same height.
1: The, the, the character reported to be called Holly. Uh, I,
2: Alleged
0: Holly. Uh, in my notes, <laughs> she exists as a Green Goblin, because she's wearing the Green Goblin outfit from the first Spider-Man movie. No, she is, though.
1: It's... <laughs> God, the costume design is both good, is both, like, would be good for, like, an early 90s movie, but looks so shitty now. It looks like a Disney Channel original film. Is it what does. it looks like.
0: Oh, it has yeah. the
2: color palette of a Disney Channel original movie about. It looks like Luck of the Irish, the Disney Channel movie it where is. a guy turns <laughs> like into a leprechaun.
1: <laughs> to Luck of the Irish,
2: yes. Uh, um, but let's. So I want it,
1: to. It's a threequel to Darby O'Connor and the Little People. Exactly.
2: Um, so this, um, I will say of the, of the four movies we've covered so far on this podcast feed, uh, cats, Sonic, Mm. Scoob and Artemis Fowl. I hate to say it, gents. This is by far the worst of the four. Yeah.
0: Like Scoob
2: and Sonic as bad as they were. And it was quite bad at least, like, managed to stick to my memory. Yes. But as we have discussed, like, this movie shot through my brain like dirt out of Josh Gad's ass. Like, (gasps) it just, it was propelled
1: forcefully
2: out the other side. I could not process this movie.
1: But aren't you so glad that Josh Gad was the framing device for this movie? and We got to hear his great narration. Yeah, uh... I, I have a
0: bad brain
1: and that's that's everyone knows
0: that but like this really yeah, put is. my brain through the uh, through the exercises here because like I was forgetting the movie as I was watching the movie <laughs> <laughs> like, this was like this movie it wasn't was like in one
2: ear and out the other it bounced off of the first ear it did yes. not enter the first
0: <laughs> this movie was water through a pasta strainer like. Thank God yeah, I took dude. notes, or else like I wouldn't, re- I, I I wouldn't remember having watched it, let alone like what happens in it. But yeah, Josh mm-hmm. Gad. Um, I guess we'll 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 jump into it. Uh, Josh Gad, as as Justin pointed out, is the is the framing device of this movie. Uh, jo- as as Mulch Diggle, great Diggums. name, great um, name. He's visually uh, Hagrid. He's audibly... um, Audibly, he's... (laughs) Dirtbag Hagrid. He's visually Hagrid. He's audibly everyone's impression of Batman. Um, Yep.
2: That's exactly what I was thinking watching it for the second time today, realizing I didn't remember this movie at all, was that he was every movie nerd in 2009 who just walked around going, I'm Batman. Like,
1: it's... No, no, no. Genuinely, it was a very bold move of Kenneth Branagh as a director to make Josh Gad eat... Actual dirt between takes <laughs> so that he could properly simulate the voice. He was munching glo- gravel
2: in between takes. Um, he, was yeah. he was exceptional.
1: Ho- just Horkin's saw. Grabster services takes.
0: brought gravel skittles uh, every day that Josh Gad was working.
2: It is such a fundamental mistake to make this character your narrator uh, at a deep, core
1: level someone should have stopped this because it It was... It's like Danny DeVito narrating Matilda. Right. Bad.
2: I would bet you actual U.S. currency that this was a reshoot. All of the Josh Gad black and white interrogation stuff is a last-minute, fuck, this movie doesn't make any sense, so let's get a narrator. Let's get our biggest star to be the narrator. Mm. And it was just such a fucking true error in
1: judgment. Just an absolute fucking okay. flounder. Yeah, like sincere question. Answer, sincere answer. Oh, sorry. Is Josh Gad a good actor anymore?
0: I don't know that he ever was. And I'm that might be mean to say, but my first uh and I don't want to say encounter, but my first time like ever being knowledgeable of Josh Gad. The first time I'd ever heard of Josh Gad was I was in never a... warned about Josh Gad. <laughs> first time I was... Uh, first, it, he, he knocked on my door, and he's like, hey, I just want to let you know. I'm going to be acting in movies for the next couple of years. Uh, the the government made me, made me let you know. Um, Check out 1600 <laughs> on the NBC. The CIA
1: drafted me to be in yeah. Hollywood. Um,
0: yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a registered actor now. I'm going to be acting in uh in at least one film a year.
1: We're we're, we're part of a secret operation to make Jews not be funny anymore. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, so Josh Gad, the the first time
0: I became aware of Josh Gad was uh, whenever I saw the trailer for the movie The Rocker starring Rain Wilson. And oh boy. and there is a there's a gag that you they use in that trailer and they use it in every single one of the movies and still to this day I'm uncertain as to what the gag is and what it is is Josh Gad is in the back seat of a vehicle and he makes loud sound at a woman's face and I think it's supposed to be that he like sneezes. And that like startles her, and he sneezes in her face, but his fake sneeze is his is him yelling like BIT! and so like the longest time I'm like, is the gag there that he just like has Tourette's and called her a bitch, and you know what I mean? So like that was. I my...
2: think it's the same gag as the coughing bit, where like someone would uh, say something, and then you would go dick sucker uh and and pass it off as a i think that is essentially what they are trying to do uh but josh gad cannot cough he can only sneeze the rocker being of course the movie the worst movie with the best cast just like a fucking all-star lineup all the way down uh but just is an absolute pile of fucking garbage Rain Wilson, I, Christina Applegate, Emma Stone, Jeff Garland, Jane Lynch, Jason Sudeikis, Will Arnett, Fred Armisen, Bradley Cooper, John Glazer, Jesus. Jane Krakowski, and it's fucking nigh unwatchable.
0: It's cool. Everyone, uh, we're gonna, we're uh, gonna chill out about The Rocker. That was my first experience with Josh Gad, and I've not really, like, I mean, to be totally fair, Josh Gad is not typically in the kind of movie that I would look for, or, like, you know, seek out. So, like, I, I can't... Say for, uh, I can't say for any certainty that, like, he's not a good actor, but based on what I have seen him in, like, he, he never, he's never, like, the attraction. He never wins points for the project or wins points for him. I mean, he he seems like a nice guy, but I just. Yeah,
2: he needs to be in small doses. You, you must Mm -hmm. specifically apply your Josh Gant. He's on like two episodes of New Girl as a character named Bear Claw, and he is legitimately quite funny in those like two episodes. Mm-hmm. But he is selectively applied. He is mm. he is judiciously doled out. Um, he is good in the first
1: Frozen, like I that that's only because they troll they like they went through probably hours and hours of riffing. To isolate the gems. I understand. Because the man cannot riff. He's been told he can at some point. Yes. And that's been disastrous. He's got that. He's always asked
0: to riff, but he cannot riff. He's got that, like, Disney quality to his acting. That, like, not in, like, like, Disney theme park acting, where it's just very, like, very, uh, playing for the cheap seats you know like where you're at a disney like theme- mm-hmm. I've, I've worked at a disney theme park i've witnessed this we're like you have to be very animated because your audience uh is in 100 degree weather with 100 degree humidity several of them are not from america they're traveling to america for the first time and you have to just do like a very broad just like Dancy kind of like, look how silly I am acting. And it seems like Josh Gad does that in everything. And that's...
1: It's it's an almost old-fashioned style of acting.
2: Yes, 100%. Like,
1: like vaudeville kind of. Yes, music.
2: it's vaudeville. It is, forgive me, a Broadway style of acting. Of course, Josh it Gad, uh, famously in Book of Mormon. Yes. Um, a a mm-hmm. musical that I think will soon be canceled very hard, but for now is still in the good pile. Um but he is in that it's not anything like spectacular but he's charming and funny enough in in Book mm-hmm. of Mormon and now he is just basically a Disney guy. He's in Beauty and the Beast, he's in this, he's mm-hmm. he is he is one of Disney's go-to he, he, guys. He's of course going
1: to be in the Gaston prequel show. Um where we see Gaston in the war which we all want to see. Yeah, that is um that's the one you thing I thought a combination
0: they of
2: words it may
0: uh, <laughs> that's like the one that's... thing I thought. Like the uh, when, the one thing that preve- prevented me from enjoying uh, Beauty and the Beast as a young as a young boy was just like, man, I wish I could see Gaston in the war. It's <laughs> Just like,
2: <laughs> I wish I knew where his bloodlust and PTSD stemmed from his his crew his uh, cruelty. I want to see its origin story.
0: Give me more of the most unlikable character in this entire thing, please. No
2: one burns down a village like Gaston. No one kills like Gaston.
1: I think Artemis Fowl suffers from the same problems with the Beauty and the Beast remake, in that they try to give every character an arc, even when they don't Mm. need
2: Oh Justin, that is the most fraudulent fucking No one in this movie has an arc. Or they skip all of the parts where a character would no, have no, an No, they, they
1: do. It's bare bones. No, but no, no, it's no. there. Holly but- wants to like do good on her father. Mulch Diggums wants to get over his imposter syndrome of being a very tall dwarf. Dare, in his words, Dwarfus giganticus. Okay, and he spends a ten-minute scene yelling at Dame Judi Dench about his imposter syndrome in in an in, in insufferable Scene, so he has an arc. It, it's shitty,
2: but it's an arc. But okay, here here is where I find fraudulence with what you've just said. And hear me out here. Butler does not have an arc. In fact, you could no. you could discourteously say he is not a character. <laughs> Even worse, they give. They give a a minutes long intro sequence to his sister Juliette Butler, who is who does nothing, who does is introduced she as gives
1: Artemis a sandwich. Yes, who is, Actually, yes, that's who who is introduced
2: as a warrior, who is introduced as someone the the Butler's only match in the martial arts, and literally gives two characters sandwiches during the movie, and doesn't even get to be in the helicopter at the end of the movie. Just like the characters are set up and then dropped. They, you're right. Yes. So, uh, hey, Artemis Fowl and Holly do not have an arc. One scene they hate each other and in the next scene they're like, you trust me, right? And it's like, what the fuck are you even talking
0: about? What are you talking about? Do you trust me? What do you It's mean? what happens when
1: you're trying to fit
0: two books into one movie. This, yeah, we'll we'll get more into it, but like, this movie gaslights you into thinking that it's a movie and it's not it's so like it is not it is not a film it's so the film opens up a uh, bunch of uh news reporters uh, are in front of Artemis Fowl's mansion uh there's a they could Go they ahead. could
2: not pick an opening, so they do three different ones right in a row. Yes. They could not pick their <laughs> intro for the movie, so they're like, I don't know, a bunch of news reporters, and then we cut to Josh Gad, black and white, in an interview, and then we do Artemis Fowl surfing, just like I don't know, yeah. You know,
1: a boy who loves Ireland so much, he's not. Hiking the Irish Highlands. He's not He's not walk, wandering the streets of Dublin. He's doing that famous Irish surf. <laughs> he's shredding those notorious Irish waves. Top
0: of the wave to ya.
2: Top of the wave to you. Exceptional. I mean, this, this movie, you know from fucking Jump Street, it's not going to be any good because the first thing you see is a digital drone shot. And then in the bottom left corner, they do that computer text telling you where you are. They're like, and that has never, no good movie has ever used that. (laughs) It has never been (laughs) once in a good film.
1: Correction, correction, Bad Boys 2. Bad Boys 2 does that.
2: Okay, but as we were discussing before we rolled, Bad Boys 2 is right on the precipice of being a hate crime, and will soon be declared one, so I don't know if you want to be on the record praising Bad Boys 2 at this point.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. So there's so news reporters. Of... <laughs> <laughs> no, Vern, you those, don't. those in the thick of it news reporters yelling at mulch
0: diggums. They're, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of cryons showing that like, a priceless artifact has been stolen. Artemis Fowl Sr., a criminal. Yes. Uh, One of the folks that gets arrested is Josh Gad. And then we see several black and no, white
1: not the character just Josh, yeah, Josh Gad they arrest Josh Gad
0: uh but unfortunately his community service was acting in this movie um and so Josh Gad gets arrested and then that sets up the framing device we were talking about earlier a uh two camera setup where Josh Gad is sitting at a table uh and t- talking about the movie he's got as we said like <laughs> everyone's impression of everyone's corny impression of batman he's doing that for his character great choice by
2: except for the one scene where he isn't except for the scene in the jail where josh gad josh gad breaks out of his voice and he's like oh you're over there there's a
0: few very
2: (laughs) i'm sorry
0: (laughs) yes there's a there's a few very obvious improvs which are um not bad like they're they they, they remind you that this enough. movie is... You know, they remind you that cinema is a living art form, which is cool. <laughs> um, so, after Josh Gad, um, it's really funny that just... Um, it, it ended up being that, like, Vern is the one who recounts these things. The one with the worst brain and the one with the worst <laughs> ability to recall. It's just... I don't know. I just realized that. Um, we cut... <laughs> From Josh Gad in his prison cell, his interrogation room, to the third opening in this movie, where, uh, Michael Corleone... Artemis
2: fucking trimming
0: the foam. Just
1: absolutely. (laughs) Just (laughs) cutting (laughs) some water. Giving Poseidon a
0: haircut. (laughs) He, He is, uh... Oh, yeah, he, uh, he's doing... I forgot... You see and I forgot about this. He's doing the surfing. I forgot that there's surfing in this movie. There's so much and, but, shit in this but movie. But over over the surfing, Josh Gad is like,
2: "This is about a boy who loved Ireland." And you're like, <laughs> <Yes>. "What?
1: <laughs> what?" Yeah, and they're showing all of the great parts of Ireland. Like the coasts, that all of my favorite everyone goes to. All of my favorite at all
2: times of year. <laughs> all of my favorite parts of Ireland. Artemis Fowl's house, Artemis Fowl's yard. Artemis Fowl's sea. Uh, all of my favorite it, Irish land parts. Yeah,
0: it definitely, like, it does not feel like Ireland at all. It feels like just <laughs> no. some section of California.
1: Uh, isn't California, it, but colder and worse.
2: Yes. To uh, quote Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me, isn't it
0: amazing how much England looks like Southern California? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, don't... I suggest Austin that you don't question it and just enjoy the ride. Um, that goes for you all too. <laughs> that goes for you all too. Yeah it, it's it. I forgot that it. I forgot this movie takes place in Ireland and everyone has an <laughs> Irish accent. So after what all two of the characters? Oh yes, there's this movie is like being on hold with several calls at once and you're just being passed around <laughs> to different like customer service people. Uh, <laughs>
3: It was just, like,
2: really rude of Kenneth Branagh not to tell Colin Farrell he was in a movie. It was just,
1: like, (laughs) it was really
2: rude of them to just, like, be pointing cameras at him and not tell him and get his consent.
1: Yeah, no, honestly, I thought it it was smart of Kenneth Branagh to shoot um, in Colin Farrell's house, which is full of artifacts. Yes, Uh, yeah. Which is full of
0: cool artifacts. Colin Farrell's house, which was previously seen in the uh, Colin Farrell sex tape, that he made when he was shooting uh, Daredevil as Bullseye uh, Colin Farrell has a, a shaved head and he has a goatee and in this sex tape uh, while he's performing oral sex on a woman he says and I quote I'm gonna have this for breakfast lunch and fook dinner uh, that's a real thing that exists
1: <laughs> We genuinely stand a king. We
0: should
2: have. We should have watched the Colin Farrell sex tape. We should have much we, rather. We, next th- month
0: we're going to review
1: for the, the next Colin movies Farrell movies babies. Can we watch the Colin Farrell sex tape? We watch famous
2: celebrity sex tapes. We watch Pamela Anderson on the boat. We watch Kim Kardashian. We watch
0: um, one.
1: Those, damn, uh, that's actually a podcast WWE. idea though. So shut up. We're, we're, we're going to copyright we'll that. We'll watch. Uh, uh, sure, sure.
0: We'll watch One Night in China. We'll watch uh, just all the. <laughs>
1: All oh, these... We, 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 like, no, we'll, we'll watch Wings Upon Eagles starring Lawrence Lorenz. Yes, exactly. Yep. yep, I know what you're talking
0: about, too. Um, <laughs>
1: that one's for you, Forrest.
0: <laughs> um, so, uh, Michael Corleone is being uh, questioned by this old guy in an antique chair, and Michael Corleone, um, Artemis Fowl, he's like... Uh,
1: Oh, hey, uh, you know your chair's fake, right, girl?
0: Uh, and that's supposed to show that,
1: like, <sighs> Artemis... Probably the worst show this character is smart scene. Like, it's somehow worse than show this character pass by a chess game and win. He... The
2: second this character sits down in that chair, you know every detail of the scene that is about to unfold. Yeah, You know he's gonna be like... You know, because all smart people are smart at everything. You're yeah. not just smart Ar- at one thing really good. You're smart at everything. So he's like, "Oh, cross stitching wasn't invented until
1: 1349, so this could not have been the queen's chair." Artemis Fowl, you passed all the L sets at age 12, and you know how to field dress a dinosaur. <laughs> are you? But yet you don't know how to make friends. Does this alienate you? Oh, well, actually, uh, your trails are fake, and you're a dipshit. Fuck you. And he. Tosses the double birds and then skateboards out of the room. Man,
0: I wish that's exactly how the scene played out. Um, for he
1: does uh, ride
2: his little wheelie
0: board through the. This is What he
1: does is, is he surfs on
2: land. Oh, land surfing! Oh, Artemis Fowl surfs all the elements.
1: He's so smart. He knows how to surf on land.
0: It's uh, it's oh. like it's Artemis like Fowl's Disney's cool Tarzan guy. all over again.
1: Um. He surfs the trees, the
0: very trees. Yeah, this 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 first scene with Artemis felt like for a movie that was trying to make him out to seem like Michael Corleone, he comes out he comes across as a lot like Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. At least Jim Parsons
2: has a personality. This is true. Like was Kenneth Branagh behind the camera no. just being like more monotone. No, no, no. Less energy. Yes. Less less, energy.
1: less
0: sufferable, child. Be less sufferable. Smugger. <laughs> yeah, it's uh he's very there's a I guess you can say that like Josh Gad acts in this movie cuz no one else does. But, yeah, he's
2: the only one who showed up to play in any way. Yeah, um, that,
1: that's technically true. This old, is a
2: fully CGI Judy Dench, like she is. She is <laughs>
0: created. Josh Gad and the the old man in the chair that Artemis dresses down. Uh, those are the two guys that are acting in this movie.
1: Well, yeah. No, no. Also, the Foley, the centaur. But we'll get to yes. later. no, no, no. <laughs> You you didn't hear are you you dare deny his whinnies his snorts and clops?
2: I, I fucking do. I
0: dare, dude. I fuck, I will come at Foley with everything I have, dude. Fuck okay. that horse. I hate him. We are we are getting ahead of Vern. It's 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 all good. Uh you guys are you're talking you guys are talking about uh Foley as if that's the worst thing about this movie. At least we could hear the sound effects. So <laughs> <laughs> Artemis Fowl's dad. <laughs> it's a dumb joke.
1: Um, the real
2: hero of this movie is the guy smashing watermelons in a dark <laughs> room.
1: <laughs> the foley boy. The real
2: hero of this movie is the guy taking tap shoes on cabbage. Whatever the fuck.
1: <laughs> um,
0: uh, as, as Justin mentioned, Artemis Fowl Jr. Uh, land surfs away to his, his palatial... <laughs> Uh, uh, mansion in the Ireland Hills. And uh, he meets his his dad uh, Bullseye from the Colin Farrell sex tape. And uh, Colin Farrell... So Colin Farrell plays Artemis Fowl Sr. And Artemis Fowl Sr. is an art dealer, which is weird because the thing that got stolen is a piece of priceless art. Mm. Um, Okay.
1: To be real here for a second... Art deal When you reach a certain level of art dealership, you're just committing money laundering. You're just aiding in money laundering. Like when you're like when you start selling art for like multi million dollars, you're like helping Russian mafia leaders and like Wall Street perverts.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Colin Farrell is essentially like, a it, Swiss the thing man. is.
1: Like, yeah, like being an art dealer is kind of the perfect entry wa- entryway for your son to start doing crime.
2: Yeah, What yeah. art dealership is one step above the Ukrainian restaurant in your neighborhood that no one ever goes into, but people always yes. walk out of.
1: The the one Russian the one Russian restaurant on uh like in, in Webster Groves. Yeah,
2: if you walked into that Russian restaurant and pulled out a menu and ordered something, you would see a man frantically run to the local grocery store <laughs> because they don't have any food back there. Um. Yeah, it's exceptional <laughs> stuff. I mean, everyone you can tell from fucking Jump Street this movie is a goddamn mess. You yes. can you can watch the trailer of this movie and say, "Oh, they filmed this thing twice." There are whole fucking scenes in that trailer that are not anywhere near this movie and you have no idea where they would have fit. There's a scene in the trailer where, like Holly, during the troll fight, is flying and shooting and doing cool things, as opposed to what she does in the movie, which is be stuck on a chandelier like a fucking <laughs> cat. Like,
0: your uh, cool action cop does literally nothing in the entire movie. It's uh, yeah, it's not. What what's the uh, we need to we we need to invent a term, I guess, um, for uh movies that were like there's movies that are saved in editing and there's movies that are saved by reshoots. What are Star Wars? Yes. What are what we call movies that are made worse by attempts to salvage it?
2: Frankenstein's monster, Frank, like yeah, reanimating they... the
0: corpse, was a was a curse. Okay. okay yes. Oh,
2: yes, this I, movie oh, reanimated. I thought the you were corpse. talking
1: about Kenneth Branagh's adaptation of Frankenstein, starring
2: Robert De Niro. No, sir, and I refuse to speak of it here.
0: <laughs> uh, but yes, this movie very clearly reanimated the corpse. I, I like that. I like that expression. Um, yeah, they
2: reanimated the corpse, and they found... Yeah, Artemis Fowl, the movie, was hiding out in a cabin, watching a blind man's family for a full year, trying to learn what it means to be a man. <laughs> That's a Frankenstein the book reference yeah. for all you fucking dorks out there.
1: <laughs> this, this movie really got into I, Frankenstein with Aaron Eckhart. I, Frankenstein
2: is a hilarious film, because you can be 30 minutes into it, be have no clue what is going on, but say... Aaron Eckhart didn't need to be Frankenstein's monster in this movie. This movie has no, nothing to do with Frankenstein. In we so any don't want to talk about just,
0: this movie. We do not want to talk about this. It's just that the,
2: the protagonist of I Frankenstein in no way had to be Frank. He could have been any guy. But they're just like, no, it's Frankenstein's monster. What the fuck are you
1: talking
0: about? Movie?
1: What the fuck? It, it was probably the last movie made on cocaine before they switched to ketamine.
0: Oh, uh, cool! cool. It's, oh, it's uh, pre—it's a—it's uh, pre-K, like pre, uh, pre-ketamine. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so Colin
1: Farrell well, loves anyway, to teach his uh, son
0: about. Colin the Irish Farrell
1: gets folklore. kidnapped by. Uh, get, gets kidnapped by the hood. Yes, uh, yeah. you, you guys. Colin uh, Farrell
2: you guys, teaches his son about Irish folklore. It's what he loves to do, and we know that because the narrator says he loves to teach his son about Irish folklore. And there's a shot in this movie. <laughs> where Colin Farrell is flipping through a book and it says, like, Sprite. Irish folklore. Fairy. uh, Leprechaun. And Josh Gad, every time a new page shows up, just reads what's on the page and tells you about it. He's like, Leprechaun. Fairy. And I'm like, I didn't... I can see. I have eyes to see.
0: (laughs) It's it's like watching, um, like... A little kid learning how to read uh, the, the narration <laughs> in this movie. They're just Josh no, no, It was Josh Gad learning says, how turn to, read. to hey, page i I'm really five. impressed with him. Uh, but yeah, the Colin Farrell, Artemis Fowl Senior is an art dealer. Uh, he uh, he's got a leave. He teaches his son about all this uh, folklore, Irish folklore. He's got to leave on a job. Artemis Fowl Junior cannot go, um, and so like. Artemis Fowl Jr. uh, becomes like me, uh, brokenhearted by someone leaving in Ireland. That's a joke only for me. Um, And (laughs) the next morning after Artemis Fowl Sr. leaves, uh, Artemis Fowl Jr. finds out via a table in the kitchen that has only a TV on it in the middle of the kitchen. There's this weird, like, end table. It's the most baffling piece. It's I, I watched it and I'm like, was this written to take place in a kitchen or written to take place in a living room? Because he sees it on a TV and the TV is on, like, a bedside end table that is in the middle of the kitchen. And I'm like, and then, of course, when he realizes his dad's gone, he drops his glass of milk and it shatters. And it's like, <laughs> did they want him to drop the glass of milk so they're like, oh, no,
1: we can't film this in the living room? I don't know. It's so weird. I, it, well, no, it's no, no, so... no. Vern, when you're a rich enough art dealer, you can have your kitchen be in your living room. Oh, gotcha. It was uh, like
2: he made himself a glass of warm milk and was settling into bed so he could watch, like, the TV on the end table. But
0: they just decided, no, we're going to move it to the kitchen and change nothing else about it. It's so bizarre. And he's, like, he's still wearing, like, he's wearing, like, a robe. Like, he's he's wearing what you would go to bed in. Uh, It's so weird. It's just, like,
1: I don't know. It's it's in the, in a... This is what we're getting hu- hung up on folks is the <laughs> it's the, just the end everything's table wrong. in the middle of the kitchen not the fucking spoiler a troll attacks a greek whale. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's uh Yeah it's, it's really it fucking a... sucks
1: and it has to be in Greece for some reason not Ireland Yeah it's listen. I, I mean guys it, Kenneth Branagh
2: does not have the best track record in the world as a director but like the motherfucker can direct a movie mm-hmm. it's it's as if the actual man named alan smithy directed this movie but his <laughs> ghost name was <laughs> kenneth brenna like uh... kenneth brenna made the 1993 much ado about nothing which rules henry v like uh, murder on the orient express like the guy can direct a movie but, like, he directed this one literally in his sleep where he was just, like, making wild hand gestures in REM and people just, like, pointed a camera
0: wherever he pointed. It's, it's the wildest it, fucking thing. It's, yeah, it, it's just, there's a lot of just, like... I, I guess I'm... This, this table in the kitchen, uh, this TV table in the kitchen is just, like, an encapsulation of the entire movie. And it's just, like, it's all things that... You know what it is, and it gets brought up all the time, but it's like, it's The Room by Tommy Wiseau. There's things that feel like a movie, but it doesn't, it's not put together in the correct way. So it's this weird, like, fever dream of a
1: movie where you're like, this feels like a movie, but it does not play like a movie. Um, No, I, 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 I mentioned this in text, and I do genuinely believe this. I think this is the first movie that we can point to and say without a shadow of the doubt this was produced by algorithm. I could see yeah. that. There's just a lot because, of Because like I remember last year, um, Warner Brothers announced that their spec script uh filtering system would work by algorithm. Oh really? And you yeah, and you can't tell me that Netflix doesn't incorporate the algorithm into their production system.
0: I know that like there is a, a, a pressure from, like, streaming networks to put things in your movies and in your TV shows that can easily be memed.
1: And, yes. and, like, screenwriters have talked about on Twitter how producers now want shorter first acts. Because if the first act is shorter, then that means there's more to hook the viewer in and there's less incentive for them to quit the movie. Interesting. So yeah, algorithms are taking over the film making like production. It's not system.
0: it's not Alan Smithy, it's algorithm. Um Exactly.
2: Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh wow, 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 wow. I, I I'll stop, uh, I promise.
0: It and makes Netflix you think.
2: has um like directives in place to direct how you shoot your movie to play on any device equally. Um mm-hmm. which is why most of even the best, like, Netflix movies are shot like TV shows because Mm -hmm. most TV shows will play on your phone just fine. But, like, the difference between the Ali Wong romantic comedy and, like, When Harry Met Sally or Sleepless in Seattle, uh, cinematography-wise, is so fucking vast. Vast as the very sea. Uh, of Ireland that Artemis Fowl mm. fucking shreds on.
1: Bong ju ho talked about how when he was shooting Ukyo, um, he opted for a lot of wide shots with, like, the main characters, like, really small in the middle. Because he knew it would look shitty on phones. Interesting. Wow. So, to, like, to incentivize people to watch it on bigger screens.
0: At least on, like, a TV. That's, like, cool, it, of yeah. him to, that's cool of him to do, uh... It, this is only tangentially related, but like, if there's ever a DVD release of a David Lynch movie that David Lynch oversaw or had any hand in like the D, the production of the DVD, there is no scene selection option because he wants you to watch it all as one one thing. Um, oh wow! Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. It's uh, I I really like it whenever. Directors respect the art that they're making, and respecting mm-hmm. the art that came before it. I don't know; it's really cool.
1: Um, it, it's nice that artists like the art they're doing. Yes, that that too. Um, That's cool, man. <laughs> It's um. like how Nolan
2: was so hell bent on keeping Tenant in late July that they only announced a delay to it like last week. Like they were only they only said, "All right, maybe not July." Last week, and they said like, "What about mid August?" And we're
0: like, "Chris, <gasps> one still no. month
1: from like like two weeks from late July." Yeah,
0: Chris, that still ain't it, Chief. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I will say like. There is a there's an old guard in cinema that gets a little too hung up on what cinema wanting cinema to be what it used to be and not embracing the change that comes with it. But then there's artists Steven Spielberging. That, yes, Steven Spielberging. But then there's artists like Bong ju Ho and and David Lynch who, who realize that like, okay, well mm-hmm. I can't put an 18 hour movie in theaters. I'll chop it up into 18 episodes and put it on Showtime, and I can still make art. Yeah. Uh. And it and it works. Um. It works. Uh,
2: here, something has just occurred
0: to me, Jim. Yes.
2: And let me let me posit a theory by you. Um because I was thinking about Tenet starring Kenneth Branagh or at least featuring Kenneth Branagh in a significant role. And oh, here Christ. is how much Kenneth Branagh did not care about making Artemis Fowl. He is not in this movie. When Kenneth oh, Branagh cares about wow. the movie he is making, he is He's in it. it. He is in all of his Shakespeare adaptations, Murder on the Orient Express, Sleuth. Like, he's, he he if he cares about what he is getting paid to make, he is wow. in the movie. He You're is not right. in
1: this movie. He should... No, he should have been Artemis' dad. Yeah!
2: Like, or or he could have played, like, a troll in one scene. Like, you know, Kenneth Branagh can put himself in whatever role he wants. He's yeah. Kenneth Branagh. He has the fucking bona fides. He ain't in Artemis Fowl. Ain't no Kenneth Branagh here.
1: That's a really good red flag.
0: That's a big red flag that. to me. That's dog. true. Okay, and you just you just led me to think something. How much of this is Kenneth Branagh directed it, and how much of it is he directed it like Steven Spielberg directed Ready Player One, where it was like majority of the movie will be visual visualizations, VFX artists will do it direct this these scenes of it so that we can still say it's a kenneth braun movie
1: considering I... the rumors that disney doesn't let marvel directors direct their action scenes i think you're right they yeah they do and there was a whole
0: lot of times during this movie where it felt like i was watching a marvel movie oh yeah it just... it's
1: it's got it's got that marvel like shitty cgi action stink all over it yeah, it is. But the like, troll looks. The troll looks like something from two thousand five.
2: That's exactly like, what I was thinking. This the is CGI is shockingly bad. CGI. This is Harry Potter one fucking CGI in yeah. this movie.
0: Um, I was reminded a lot of uh, X Men First Class, but X Men yes. First Class, like X Men First Class, feels like a sci-fi original movie. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, yeah, uh, and then and then. You mentioned like the, the computer text that uh, like showing where the movie's taking place at the beginning, and that's and that's totally an asylum thing. So yeah, this hundred percent.
2: Yeah. Every this, uh-huh. Mega Shark versus movie has that exact plug in that uh, font. Yeah, that font. It's all it's all right there. Uh so it's about this point in the movie where we enter the fairy world for the first time, and it is yes. I by my mark. The least spectacular entry into a fantasy world that I have ever seen. Movies that I don't like do this exact moment kick Artemis Fowl's fucking ass into the fucking sea.
1: like it, It looks like the Dinosaur City from the Super Mario Brothers movie.
2: No, but Super Mario Brothers has a sense of atmosphere.
1: Like, there Let is you, a. there's a real. There's a grit to it. There this is just a feeling worse. to that city.
2: The TV movie version of Dinotopia kicks this movie's fucking ass oh, as far as oh, intro. Can we, can we into watch
1: Dinotopia for this? <laughs> I would fucked the shit Wentworth out of I Wentworth Miller and Dinotopia, presents Dinotopia.
2: I fucking love Dinotopia, my dude. Uh,
1: but, like, every. Starring Nigel of this,
2: Thewlis... And I'm thinking, Hell like, yeah. even movies that aren't fucking good, like Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, or the first Harry Potter, do this moment well. Like, yeah. they, they, the, the moment where Hagrid taps on the bricks and we enter Diagon Alley for the first time Ooh, is, like, yes. magical. Lucy steps through the wardrobe mm-hmm. and we enter that sound studio in England, and it's
1: just like... It, the cho- it, the a- Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory world of imagination reveal.
2: Yes, like, they're, even, even,
1: and this is a low fucking
2: bar, even the Tim Burton, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory does this better than, than Artemis Fowl. It feels like we, Holly gets off a bus, we pan to a wall, then we pan back to Holly,
0: like, it's the worst. It feels like there's that opening. How,
1: okay, how much would you want to bet Guillermo del Toro was hired and then fired from this production?
2: He would not have signed on. But I, I understand what you are. Because uh, really, because this winner... movie
1: screams gear. Like, Guillermo del Toro would have gone nuts with this property.
2: Right. I was watching that scene, and I was thinking about the troll market sequence in Hellboy Yes, 2, that's exactly and what I how much the troll market of. fucking, like, kicks Artemis Fowl's stupid ass. <laughs> uh, but at the time where <laughs> Kenneth Branagh was filming Artemis Fowl two times... Um, Guillermo del Toro was simultaneously using his Oscar cash-in to make two period lesbian-centric horror movies. So, like, Guillermo was busy. Guillermo did not pick up the phone. And
0: also helping out with Death Stranding. You know, he had three irons in the fire at the time, so... Yeah. Yeah, Um,
2: my man man was busy, and I'm glad Guillermo gets to go make whatever the fuck he wants to make. That That very
0: first shot, that very, like digital like swooping shot like where it zooms <sighs> into the troll uh or that not the troll, like, Waka- cut scene the,
1: the welcome to wakanda shot yeah like it it very much
0: feels like this is a very specific reference and i'm sorry but it feels like every year at e3 when they have those games that are coming out but they've only got a cut scene for mm-hmm. like it just feels like one of those like and also, like, there's... They always talk about, like, the three big games that were announced at E3. And then they're like, and here's everything else. And there's, like, the the C-roll of all that E3 footage. And there's, like, there's a new game called Splend. And it shows just one cutscene. And that's all it. And then, like, you know, five years later, you find out the game got canceled. This this Welcome to Wakanda shot, as Justin called it, like, feels like that. Um, And then, you know, it's like... And then after that, it's your very typical, like, sandblasted, like, styrofoam, like, rock faces. And then green screen pe- peeking out behind the rock faces. And then that's our fairy city. You know, it's just kind of... The fairy... Yeah, so in this in this universe, fairies exist. Uh, it says here in my notes, fairies exist. The dead speak. Um, and... <laughs>
2: Uh, oh, I missed the dead speak, y'all. What a beautiful time that, that was. That,
1: okay, that is... Okay, if people make fun of that bit. That is the exact kind of pulpy bullshit yes! that Star Wars is meant for. Oh, absolutely. That Star
2: Wars is built upon. Like, absolutely. That, that rules. That's the last part of that movie that rules, but, like, that yeah. rules. The dead speak is awesome. It's
1: the last part of the movie that rules is the first line of the <laughs> prologue.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fucking... It, it's like you open up the book and it says, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. And you're like, great, tapping out here. Excellent first line. <laughs> Good job. Uh, moving on. Oh, my um, gosh. I, I
0: Man, I... I uh, love it, dude. There's very few times I've laughed harder in a theater than whenever I saw the dead speak. But it was a warm, genuine laugh. So we are taken to the home of the fairies, uh, what my high school bullies called my house. Um, and
1: <laughs> we... <laughs> Uh a hold and we uh that I didn't talk enough people to I didn't talk to enough people to have bullies to do that
0: <laughs> Um in the in the home of the fairies we meet um we re-meet uh Gadrig uh Josh Gad um he is being taken to to fairy prison for for digging and tunneling. Uh, we also meet uh, the green goblin uh, commander <laughs> Holly oh, Short, commander commander Holly from YouTube, and uh, <laughs> she's wearing uh, she's and this in this whole movie uh, is uh, angry video game nerd. Kenneth Branagh used to be good, but now it's a garbage. So uh, yeah, we we introduced to commander Holly, and she's dressed in. Um, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin costume, and uh, she looks like a fucking Power Rangers villain, dude. Yes. Like the,
2: the green m- mesh, that she's bright
0: in.
1: green onesie. Yes. Oh, uh, which fuck, all I could dude. think
0: about was just like, you shouldn't maybe think about this when you're watching a sprawling Hollywood epic. But whenever I was watching this sequence, I'm like, oh, you know what? I bet because they're wearing green outfits, they had to use blue screen. Uh, and that's that's how much this movie kept my attention with its plot. Um, but we are also introduced. This movie is like, this movie introduces characters like Fifty Two Pickup. Uh, it's just like we meet Commander Holly. We re meet Josh Gad. We meet Dame Judy Dench. Uh, the who
1: will not get out of her chair will not get out of her
0: chair. Dame, uh, she's the commander of the fairy, police. This artifact that was this priceless artifact that was uh talked about being stolen by the reporters at the beginning of this movie um it's being missing is also affecting uh the fairy world they want to get this this thing as well Show um, some
2: fucking respect. It's the Achelous. It Akylos. looks like an acorn. Yes. And no one, I've seen this movie two times, literally no one person can tell me what this thing does or what it mm-hmm. is for.
1: It, <laughs> nor can, can f- anyone pronounce it consistently <laughs> because it sounds like Oculus. But I am it isn't. using. It's the,
2: the Achelous. I am using the Gadian pronunciation and <laughs> I am calling it the Achelous.
0: It's a, it's a typical, just like, we were talking about Revenge uh, or Revenge of the Skywalker, Rise of the Skywalker, whatever it is. We were talking about that earlier. Like, like Rise of the Skywalker, like a lot of the Marvel movies, it's... We gotta find the glowing MacGuffin Cube. Just one of those movies. Um, and that's part of why it feels like a movie, but it isn't.
2: It has things that movies have. Yes. I think it would be generous to call it a movie yes
1: it's a shambling alien it's vincent d'onofrio inhabiting the body of a movie yes how Uh, yeah uh
2: god what this movie desperately needed vincent d'onofrio doing some cockroach in a human body shit (laughs)
1: like artemis (laughs) he he, 20 years ago he would have been a spot-on mulch think about How
2: different... This movie and Men in Black both have the big reveal. Welcome to a larger world that you were never a part of. And think about how fucking good it is in Men in Black. A, like, perfectly solid movie. Like... The, an exemplar of its kind of movie, mm-hmm. like Summer Blockbuster, Men in Black, yeah, and yeah. put it up again. And think about like the cool fucking creatures, how much you understand the rules of Men in Black's mm-hmm. world. I could not... We get to the end of this movie every time... And I cannot tell you the fucking stakes. When the time bubble starts imploding, I don't know what that means.
0: Yeah.
2: What are you talking about? The time <laughs> bubble is down, but Colin Farrell? We keep having scenes with Colin Farrell, so like the fairy world isn't paused, but d- the fisherman is paused?
1: We don't know. Here's the thing. The glitching CGI that they fucked up during production is swallowing Colin Farrell. And, like, you have this. <laughs> the, awful like the kind fucking... of weird peaks and valleys you only get when you're fucking up your CGI <laughs> will swallow Colin Farrell whole.
2: And you have this shit ass, like, who you didn't want to cast a villain, so you just have them, like, completely in shadow and okay, voice yeah. modulated. And I thought the whole time Kobe. this was going to be Judy Dench. I was like, okay, same, this has same. to be fucking Judy Dench. That was.
0: Uh, it's in and my it just notes. isn't. It's no one. It's nobody. <laughs> Does that happen? Like, that's in my notes. It says, way later on, it says, uh, the villain's named Opal Colby. And I only know that because I wrote that down. Um, <laughs> Opal Colby. So, so, so in the books.
1: thank you. Cole, um, Ob- so, the, the like I said, this movie combines two books. The first book is just, Artemis Fowl's a bad guy. He mm. wants to well, kidnap a fairy so he can get fairy gold and rebuild his family's fortune. The yeah, Artemis Fowl
2: kidnaps a fairy so that yeah. he can. All, fairies grant wishes with gold, so yes. he needs to ransom the fairy to get the gold to get a magic wish to cure cure his mother's insanity. That is yeah. the plot of the first Artemis Fowl book. Whoa. And think of and like you don't have to do that. No, but I I I've watched this movie two times. I could not tell you why Artemis Fowl kidnaps a fairy.
1: It uh, has the, the, nothing to do with anything. The second move, the second book, is Artemis Fowl gets framed by Opal Colby for selling batteries to go- to goblins who, wanna, who want to start a race war against the yes. other fairies. And
2: Artemis Fowl and his new team of friends go to Russia to save his dad, who has been yeah. missing for years.
1: But yeah, who's been kidnapped by Opal, who wants to use him as like ransom to get Fowl out? It's it's a dumb book for fifth graders. In the, yeah, it's
0: a baby book, a book for babies. In the in the book, or is later on in the books? Um, I, I mean, you read five of them and four of them respectively, but like, does Opal come at Opal? Kobe, Opal, one Kenobi. Uh, does she turn out to be <laughs> Judy Dench later there's on? No, there's
1: no disguise. You just Opal Colby yeah. is just this like albino with long oh. white hair, and you just yeah. know Opal, who they are and what they look like. Opal there's no is the villain of- for a second movie that will never come.
2: Yeah, Opal is the villain of books, like, two and four. Gotcha. Um, and the, the fourth book has, like, Opal in the title or whatever the fuck. The th- last one the, it's like the
1: Opal Conundrum. They're named, like, mystery novels because the last one, it's like the Opal Conundrum yeah the
2: opal incident the yeah exactly and we have that but like in this movie all we get from this opal character is that she looks like the girl from the ring underneath that mask like it's just like this mash of
0: dark hair well i i thought it was just like judy dench because it's like okay we can only afford judy dench on these days we'll just we'll just put her in a you know all black you know uh Enemy from Aquaman, uh, a costume or whatever,
1: but like, Dame <laughs> Judy Dench has that, like, <laughs> Black Manta. Bla- thank you. Black Manta. Thank I you. I watched that movie three times in theaters, I will not forget it. Uh, disgusting.
0: I, I only know Black Manta from the Justice League <laughs> cartoon, but like, anyway, Judy Dench, when she does in this movie, she does that, like. We'll send them. She does that kind of voice to the entire thing. She's also doing Batman voice. She's also doing Batman voice. And then Opal Kobe sounds like it sounds like <laughs> Judy Dench doing that voice, but wearing my my Optimus Prime helmet that I have that
1: <laughs> modulates her voice. And so I wearing thought
0: it was the, <laughs> the uh, Target exclusive
2: Darth Vader Darth Vader voice modulator. Yes, a, a, a um,
1: dollar store voice changer. And so I, yeah, I thought like it was like be... she's a
2: fucking jerky boy like changing her <laughs> voice.
1: <laughs> you know, you, you know when uh, you know when Homer Simpson and um. And and uh, kidnaps the son of Mr. Burns and he just talks through a kazoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, Judy Dench
2: in this movie sounds like Homer in season one, where he's like, Boy, boy, get in here.
0: I can't believe they stole my bowling I swear, ball. I love boy. Lisa. Yeah, it's. 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 Uh, this movie. I, I would. I'd rather watch season one of The Simpsons than watch this movie again. Um, <laughs>
1: oh, that rural. is dark praise, my <laughs> friends.
0: <laughs> um, so, Opal Kobe he- slash Dame <laughs> Judy Dench slash whoever Dame <laughs> Judy Dench sends uh, Commander Short to Earth because uh, there's a there's a rogue. It's, it's really confusing. There's a
2: Rastafarian troll who has yes. escaped to the surface this and is
0: attacking. The we we, Greek we call it uh, we my call big it fat Greek wedding. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and they defeat him by spraying a, him with Windex. A moderately
1: thin Greek wedding.
0: Yeah, Holly says a little prayer for them. Uh, uh, yeah, the the sorry. the uh, the dad at the wedding at the troll interrupts. Uh, kills the troll by spraying him with Windex because Windex cures everything. <laughs>
1: Um. <laughs> okay, no no, no, no joke. My friend, I have a friend named Milti... Uh, Kevin knows him. I have a friend named Miltiades Simeonoglu. That is the
2: Greekest name that has ever been.
1: He's Greek, and the only oh, thing yeah? that doesn't apply to him <laughs> from my big fat Greek wedding <laughs> is that he has no cousins named Nick. Wow. Right, exactly. Um, uh, but the, he has a cousin named Nicolaiacus,
2: but he doesn't have a fucking... <laughs> cousin nick yeah it's uh the the greekest film of all time anyway there's a greek wedding this scene fucking sucks we do another like sonic the hedgehog time stop scene but we don't do anything interesting with that idea yeah
0: so like the it's very confusing so we've been calling it fairy world but fairy world has fairies but also trolls but also whatever and, like, just goblins myth- and... Mythical creatures. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, famous Irish creatures,
2: the trolls. Yes. Centaurs. Centaurs. Famous yeah, Irish famous
1: creatures. Irish beings, again, centaurs uh, and gnomes. Yes. So, uh, in this scene, when you drop Irish a time bubble...
2: There. Yeah. <laughs> in this scene, when you drop a time bubble, it freezes everything inside the bubble, but in other scenes, it freezes everything outside the bubble. Um... So they do they do a Sonic the Hedgehog Quicksilver time stop, but they don't do one single cool thing with a time stop. They don't move a hot dog. They don't they don't like put a flower in someone's hand. They don't do they don't drop someone's paint. They don't do anything.
1: No, no, yeah, they do the uh, whatever New Zealanders or whatever Bob Iger commissioned to do the CGI for this. They just didn't feel like it.
0: Yeah, they they do the Quicksilver thing. They use the. the uh, the music from Grand Theft Auto 3 and from the first trailer for Pet Turtles, um, the the Commander short, uh, she she uses Quicksilver powers to get rid of this giant troll at this wedding and it's like if she's gonna do that then where was she to deal with my mother in law, uh, no my mother in laws a nice lady um, so yeah my mother in law is a big Greek troll. My, yeah. um, <laughs> um, my big fat Greek troll. Yes, uh, <laughs> as they take care of uh, Kathy Najimy, um, and, <laughs> and, and motherfucker,
2: this troll that's, looks like that's looks mean.
0: W- no, I'm not saying uh, Kathy. I'm not calling Kathy Najimy a fat troll. I am saying she's playing the Greek troll. Kathy Najimy oh. is a very talented actress. Uh, Kathy Najimy is great as Peggy Hill. Um, Kathy Najimy is great in Hocus Pocus. Her, her co-star Sarah Jessica Parker made me realize that I like women at a very young
1: age in the movie Hocus Pocus. Was, uh, <laughs> it was a revelation for Vern because we were all surprised. Yes, Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah uh, we
2: were at the fairy house and we thought for sure.
0: Turns out all I needed as a six-year-old kid was to see Sarah Jessica Parker writhing on a broom and I'm like, all right, you know, to, that's, to, that's uh, it. To
1: see, let's be fair, the gayest women icons. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what turned Vern straight. It's,
0: uh, yeah, it was, I don't know, like, people people uh, make fun of Sarah Jessica Parker's looks but I all I can say is watch hocus Pocus watch Edwood and uh, you'll, she's a
2: beautiful woman you'll get wood that you'll oh, want to do hocus she, she Pocus with is. she's a beautiful woman
0: uh, she's absolutely a beautiful woman and she's talented too um
1: oh yes. uh, absolutely she's killer in Veep. oh no no Kathy to Jimmy is not Sarah Ch- yes Sarah Kathy Jessica
0: Jimmy Parker. I I am not calling Kathy and Jimmy a big Greek troll. It's... I'm uh, doing a bit. Uh, Kathy Najimy is a wonderful lady. Um,
1: but, yeah... Kathy Jimmy. if you're listening to this, come on Movies for Babies. What if she
0: was the third person that listens to this show?
2: <laughs> Can you imagine?
0: Forest Lake and Kathy Najimy. Um... <laughs>
2: Again, boys, I have bad news. Like literally, thousands of people have heard the last episode. So. Oh wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so uh, I'm, sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh you found God.
1: Out. I'm sorry. Well, okay. Uh, uh, listeners, oh. welcome. We're sorry. <laughs> Let me straighten up a little bit. Um, damn, up. I gotta put on a tie for yeah. the podcast. Oh jeez, uh, looks
0: like I gotta rebutton that button I unbuttoned on my shirt. Um, but yeah, yeah, so like. Um, after the Quicksilver Days of Future Past thing, uh, at the wedding, um, so we, we forgot to mention there's another character, uh, in this called, his last name is Butler, and he is the butler, but they don't call him Butler, and they say that in the movie. Um, no, his, na- his like, name, is
1: Domovoy Butler of the long line of butlers. Yes, he's, The family, not the profession. He's, he's- Yeah, it's a- cute joke you know it's like
2: a it's a funny little like oh a long line of servants to this family like it's it's a fine yeah. enough joke that his name is butler mm-hmm. but they're like don't call him butler but that never comes up as like a moment no. in he, the
1: movie yeah it's named after a russian fairy whatever. in a
0: in a real movie uh there'd be a certain point where like he domovoy is fighting with a bad guy and the yeah. bad guy would say like come get me, Butler. And then Dama Boy was like, oh, you asked for it now. You know what I mean? In a real movie, that would happen. Yeah. But it doesn't then happen he would
2: beat him up. Yeah. Like, he would, he would beat up a troll and say, the butler did it, and, like, crack his knuckles
1: or whatever. Yeah. Um, see, what sucks is in the first book, there's a, like, the climax is Butler fighting the troll one-on-one, and Butler wears, like, an old Irish suit of armor.
0: Yeah, rules. He, that's, that's, he it's 1v1's so fucking a fucking sick. troll. That sounds He does
1: awesome. a
2: squash match with a fucking troll. But uh, it, uh, it it instead in this movie uh it fucking sucks um, it fucking sucks. Yeah, we
0: we forgot to mention him. He's been like Artemis Fowl's like companion through this movie. Um, but the butler shoots Commander Short after the the Greek wedding with like a, a tranquilizer dart and they they And stick her in a fucking chicken coop. They stick her in wedding. a chicken coop and and this is what really confused me, because they show, like, Artemis Fowl talking to her, and, like, that's when you realize they're the same height, and it's really confusing, because I thought this entire time the fairies were, like, fairy-sized, yeah. And, uh, you know, she was, it, it, I I thought it was, like, um, uh, Julia Roberts and Hook, you know, I thought they were just doing a thing like that for a second, but no, it's just, uh-huh. Commander Short is just... Human-sized. Um, she's
1: just short for a person.
0: Yes. Um, when not, even, she's like a ten-year-old. She's like <laughs> she's not much shorter than Artemis Fowl. I mean, I guess the the thing is like she's like eight hundred years old or something. But, but she's only eighty. She's young. They it goes that
1: by just, anime
0: rules. The that, worst this is, kind of rules. This is whenever <laughs> yes, the worst kind of rules. Uh, this is when Artemis learns that uh, the fairies are real. Artemis and the Butler. Head, or, head to a remote part of ADR Beach called Exposition Cove. Uh, and that's where they prepare to meet... I was really proud of that when I wrote that down last night. That's uh, oh, a good bit. When that's... Uh, it's you know adjacent to Whip Pan High. Um, that's where they prepare <laughs> to meet the fairy troops. Judy Dench is going to send fairy troops to Earth to try to rescue Commander Short a rescue mission. And uh, Artemis Fowl and... Davoy, or like we're gonna head him off at the pass. We're gonna meet him. I don't know, whatever. Meanwhile, Josh Gad is in Fairy Prison and he's listening to "I Want to Know What Love Is" because that's a funny song for a fairy to li- be listening to.
2: Guardians of the Galaxy fucking ruined yeah everything. And I love those two movies. They are the two best Marvel movies. Um, they are remarkably solid and emotional, but they fucking ruined everything. Dog. I yeah. am legitimately surprised that, like, Kylo Ren was not listening to Black Sabbath and Rise of Skywalker or some shit. In like the
0: second, um, in the second It movie, the second, uh, of the most recent It movies, It Chapter 2, there's a, a sequence where, like, this kid's getting, like, Pennywise is barfing in this kid's face, and the entire time that's happening, they're playing, um angel by juice newton and it's just like
3: just angel,
0: and it's like, it, it's exactly what you said it's just like i love volume two guardians volume two uh is not just a great comic book movie it's a great movie uh
1: it's the best star wars movie disney has ever produced yes absolutely
0: um and uh but it is ruined- the best
2: star wars movie anyone's ever produced. <laughs> yeah yeah, no. yeah that, that's fair absolutely that's fair. true
0: but it has ruined audio editing forever uh, because that's you know, just
2: what we do yeah like what i was watching uh the watchman tv show this past weekend because it was free and it's very good but i the entire time i'm like boy one day we're gonna run out of peppy songs to play over dark images like that is a finite resource i guess we're not out yet but one day we surely must run out of these songs to, to put over scenes of people getting beat up, scenes in prison. God damn it. Like, we... we uh, please,
0: stop. Stop doing it. <laughs> it's, it's only good when James Gunn does it. But yeah, yeah, like... So Josh Gad gets into a prison fight with these goblins. He makes one of their heads explode. And as soon as that happens, I guess Dame Judy Dench and the fairy, like, police realize that, like... Because he can dig really fast and tunnel really fast, they need him I I, there's like they need him to get into Artemis Fowl's house because Mm -hmm. they've dropped the time freeze on his house. And it's just like bizarre, like imagine the dome in the Simpsons movie, but way more confusing.
1: (laughs) It okay in a normal movie, this would be your mid-act Stakes Razor mm-hmm. is that the is We're that you know the fairy cops bust out an yes. old convict who, in order to get time off his sentence, does another job. Yeah, and that's you when call you introduce in the Suicide mulch. Squad. This you, is the exactly. point in the
0: movie where you call in the Suicide Squad. You either do that at the end of the movie, or or the, and the either you either do that at the middle of the movie or at the beginning of the movie. If you're Escape from New York. Uh, but yeah. if it works, if, if you do it at any other point during your movie, apart from yeah. the beginning or the middle, but, like, it does it, not since work. this
1: movie is structurally die hard, you want it in the middle. Yeah. Right. But yeah, so, like, whenever the fairies
0: came to Artemis Fowl's house, they dropped this, like, big bubble that, like, freezes time inside the bubble, but not outside. I don't know. Um,. But like
2: No, this one freezes time outside the boat because oh, okay, the right. Gordman's fisherman is frozen outside.
1: Right. <laughs> the old man That's who the right. time starts again. His only solace is he gets put back in the boat a yes. hundred feet in the air. The
0: boat the boat starts <laughs> tipping over and he yells out, Why'd I buy this boat? And then it freezes. Um
2: <laughs> uh, and... Talk about a resurgence.
0: <laughs> but But yeah, okay, so there's this This fairy logic thing where, like, fairies can't come into your house unless you invite them in. Yeah, they're
1: vampires?
0: Yeah, they're vampires, which makes no sense. And so,
1: like... No, that's, like, a kind... That's sort of a, a fairy thing, like an Irish fairy thing, where fairies have, like, a weird protocol. And one of the things is, yeah, you gotta let them... Like, you have to invite them to let them in.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, like, it, like speaking it, it's of It's a general Colin Farrell. folklore thing, like a capital
2: speaking, F folklore thing. I gotcha. Speaking of Colin Farrell, we're doing a Fright Night, like the fairies cannot come in, they're just like waiting outside, um, until you call Josh Gad. So I guess who this has means
0: uh, that Josh Gad yes. is not a fairy. No, no he's, he's a, a fairy. He's a
2: fairy, but he's gnome. a dwarf. No, he's a. He, all right, he's a dwarf. He's
0: he's yeah. He's not a fairy. Oh, gotcha. Okay, lady. you're right. Okay, you're right. He is of the fairy folk. Gotcha. So right, like, but there
2: was also like centaurs and goblins and shit down there. They are yeah. not all F A E R I E S.
0: Gotcha. Yes. Um. I. The term fairy gets used a whole bunch in this movie, and like, predominantly, all you see in the in this place is fairies, and mm-hmm. so you forget that like. This movie makes you forget there's a centaur running around. They this movie just like there's so much just so much shit going on in it and it like it lingers on everything so little that you, you your brain can't process it all. Um but uh so Josh Gad like does some witty <laughs> banter with uh Judy uh, Dinch. At- judy
1: Dench. is stretching the term he also banter is
2: stretching the term he does them at judy Dench. <laughs> yeah that's
1: true yeah he does uh, them
2: at judy dench's body double well artemis he... Fowl tells the fairies you have 20 minutes and their first thought is oh we gotta get a guy from the center of the earth yeah, <laughs> in the next a, 20 minutes
1: like <laughs> a, a a scene that goes on for so long I watched for like two minutes, got up to piss, came back, and Josh Gad was still riffing. Yeah. And he'd talking. pretty much given up the Hagrid voice at this point. It was just Josh. Yeah. It was just
2: you're... Josh kind of whispering. And But it does lead into the only spark of joy I had in this entire fucking film, which is where Josh Gad Yanks his jaw to
0: Junji Ito
2: proportion. (laughs) Fucking yanks open his maw to give himself like a three foot mouth. And then when he starts talking, he starts riffing with his three foot mouth. And he looks exactly like YouTube sensation Crazy Frog. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and, And that's when he says the eponymous line, it's feeding time.
2: Yes, Uh, which God just made me want to watch Little Shop so fucking bad. Um, And and he starts, he he pulls down his drawers to reveal what I'm sure are heart-stained underpants. Like, underpants with cartoon goofy hearts on them. Mm -hmm. He starts munching down on the dirt and it sprays out of his asshole
1: into a very just fucking sprays this fucking See See, that's, that's like the best part of the books, though, is the recurring joke that dwarves have bonkers, like, biology. Like, they eat and shit out dirt simultaneously. Their hair, their, like, beard has nerve endings in it, so they can, like, see in the dark and also pick locks. Their snot, like hard dries. It's like bonkers and they don't do any of it. That's all stuff that
0: seems like it's gross but it seems like clever and fun and unique and Yeah,
1: it, it's something you'd think kids would like,
0: right? Yes. It's it's this thing like I've never I've never read the books but like uh, I, I do wonder just like how much like you know they always say like the movie version of, an, of, of a book is always the worst and like I just I wonder just like how far we plummeted off the Artemis Fowl cliff with this movie there's i don't i i i just wonder like rick uh, rick riordan kevin's best friend um <laughs> wrote this like incredible Is there a story it's a it's a puffin bit it's a puffin oh, bit. okay um but he wrote this incredible uh, uh essay um about like the Percy Jackson movies and how like he would how they got like ruined by turning in, you know, like this is how they got ruined from the get go. And just like
3: mm-hmm.
2: people
0: did not respect the source material. And I wonder just like, I mean, obviously like I'm, I'm hearing things from this, like how different it is from the books, but just like, I, I am re- really curious to know the disparity, I guess
2: the Artemis Fowl book, the first mm-hmm. book, the first thing that happens is Artemis and Butler pull off a cool crime. They like do this intricate like burner phone trick, and mm-hmm. they steal the Book of the Dead or some, or the Book
1: of the. Yeah, fairy. They, they steal it's a like, book of fairy lore.
2: Instead of having a scene where Butler is like, "Your father wanted to show you all the fair, like some amazing Spider-Man two shit," where it's like he figures Your it out for himself. Legacy. Yeah, he figures it out for himself because he's a fucking twelve-year-old genius. And yeah. instead of having the voiceover tell us that he just does it that's the opening of the first book and like the opening of this movie is artemis fowl fucking cutting he, the
1: trim like yeah, he like, he disguises i remember he disguises like a a she like a um a safe cutting laser as a razor scooter and yeah, if i was 12 and saw that that would blow my fucking mind yeah like the extent of like uh, Artemis Fowl
0: is a, uh, a criminal genius, um, that happens in this movie, is every time the fairies do something, uh, Artemis Fowl's like, just like I knew they would, and that's it.
1: <laughs> uh, it's, it's- Almost like a guy who's not a genius, but wants to seem one.
0: Yeah, exactly, like, like, um, whenever Josh Gad finally reaches Artemis Fowl's house- uh, the, the butler sees him, and he's like, I can take him down, and Artemis was like, no way, we need him for the next step. It's this reverse, it feels like a reverse-engineered Joker in the Dark Knight, where just like, <laughs> instead of setting up these dominoes and then revealing that the Joker knocked them down, it's just like, uh, we want, you know, just like, everything happens, and Artemis was like, ah, I knew it!
1: I, I knew that was gonna happen! You know, it's...
0: He never well, looked like a guy shot with a plan. things that don't
1: make sense. So we have to shoot scenes of Artemis Fowl saying, I knew that would happen Yeah, it in order for the movie to make sense. It
0: never ever feels like he's one step ahead of the fairies at all.
1: No. It feels
0: like the script is one step ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, whenever Josh Gad finally reaches the center of Artemis Fowl's house and like opens this safe, uh, he, no, no, he face fucks us. He, he face fucks us safe. He does this thing which is like kind of clever and kind of cool, but the way they do it, and it's so late in the movie that it doesn't matter. Um, but like he picks the locks with his beard and with his hair, and that's like... That's what I
1: mean by the beards have nerve endings. Ah, oh, like gotcha. you They can, can directly control the hairs to A, see in the dark, you know, like whiskers do. Mm-hmm. But as they evolved, they're like, "Oh shit, we can just pick locks with these." Gotcha, and that's
0: why dwarves are such good thieves. It's one of the. It's oh yes, and there's several times in this movie where like, someone's like they're reaching into their coat pocket for something they need, and Josh Gad's like, "Oops, I took it from you," and I don't know, it's whatever. Um, Yeah. But Josh Gad gets into the safe um, in Artemis Fowl's house um, with his beard, and the safe is where the the MacGuffin is. The, uh... Acul- aculos. The
2: aculos Thank you. Put some fucking respect on that <laughs> yes. name.
0: Uh, the Respect A-K-il-os. the artifact.
2: And, and they corner Josh Gad, and then in the next scene, they're best friends with Josh Gad. It's yes. just like... The worst... Yeah, It's yeah. like Pokemon. Yeah. He just collects fucking Pokemon the whole time, yeah, and then it's like, oh, Charizard point, is my best friend
3: now.
0: Yeah, very good point. Like, at some point, like... All of a sudden, Josh Gad is best friends with Artemis Fowl, and like earlier, all of a sudden, the uh, the fairy that was like in a chicken coop becomes best friends with Artemis Fowl. Just people, just yep. like change motivation and arcs, it's like on a dime.
2: They want to do the cool arcs where people, like, switch allegiances and join the right Mm -hmm. side. But they don't want to put in any of the legwork to make it make any sense. So just in the next scene, they're best friends. They just turn it right around, and in the next scene, they're
0: best friends. Yeah, Artemis Fell, like, goes up to Commander Short, and he's like, I need you to trust me, or do you trust me? And she's like, okay, and that's it. Uh, (laughs) And you're like, what? And it's like... Like he put you in, and, and so you're waiting. And so there's a lot of times where you're waiting for Josh Gad to, to do the double turn, or Commander Short to do the double turn. We're just like, this dumbass believed us, but that double turn never happens. It was a genuine, just like, no, 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 no. We uh, we're friends now. At some point, the movie realizes that having Obi wan Kenobi or Opal. Opal Cornhole or whatever her <laughs> name is. Opal One Kenobi. Opal One Kenobi. Having her in the center of the earth. Like, oh shit, that doesn't work because we also need a villain to confront Artemis Fowl. So they call the guy from uh, the BBC show. There's a show that's on BBC and it's an American Netflix show. It's called Lovesick. They call the do- the doofy friend from that. His name is Cudgeon in this movie. Uh, I bring this up because... The, the show Lovesick, Sick, my wife enjoyed it. It's a show about like a guy, he's a philanderer, he's he fools around, he gets he finds out he has a venereal disease, and he's got to tell everyone he slept with that he's got a venereal disease, but also try to find love with uh, this venereal disease or whatever. And for season two and season three of the show, the show was called Love Sick, which is an appropriate, perfect title for a show that is about this. But do yeah. you guys know what the name of the show was during season one when it originally aired on the BBC? I wish I was making this up. The original name of this show was called Scrotal Recall.
1: Damn, I- that's really good though.
2: Remember that i remember that when it happened
1: <laughs> that is such a fucking good name for a show i i'm 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 loki kind of mad they changed it
0: gotcha i could see i could see either title working but for how the show looks and feels uh love sick is a better title but uh this yeah, guy does not
2: have the tone of a show called scrotal recall yes
0: scrotal recall should be like that uh, that scene in um, Johnny Dangerously where the guys are walking around and their balls are super big, um, that's a yeah, reference.
2: Yeah, Scrotal Recall should be what they call the next, like, dirty grandpa movie that Johnny yes. Knoxville makes. It's yes.
1: the next Austin Powers movie.
0: Austin Powers in Scrotal Recall, yeah. But this guy who's playing Cudgeon, he's like... He's like a bad cop for the fairies, and a, like you know, all cops are bad cops. Got to keep that relevant. Got to keep that. Theme <laughs> all going. fairy
2: cops are bastards. All yeah, all fairy cops are bat-
0: <laughs> bastards. They're all gnomes are bastards. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> the uh, true? the guy who's playing Cudgeon, like the bad cop for the fairies. He is the he is the LeFou in lovesick. He's just the very like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I don't know about this. Like, and he's playing like the cunning bad guy. And, like, it doesn't matter because he's in two scenes of this movie. uh. But it's just... Just bad casting and also just... You know, it's like... You have to have... Just do a thing. Like, you're already not paying attention to the source material. Don't have Cudgeon. Just make that opal. You know, just, like... Just, you know, just... Combine these things where you can. Um, Let's see here. Um, Oh, a Cudgeon unleashes a... A giant troll into the house there's a fight scene the the same
2: troll the rasta
0: yeah the rasta previously in the mill uh the the scene that kevin was mentioning earlier where uh the fairy is stuck in the chandelier the entire time um (sighs) it's a it's a marvel action scene it's a scene that they got some assistant director to do and the visual effects team to do it feels just Mm -hmm. like that where it's Visually very exciting, but there's no stakes and there's no emotions tied to it. So, like, it means nothing.
1: You like arduous, uh, slow-mo? Because we got arduous slow-mo. Do you
2: like shit that looks even worse than Zack Snyder fucking slow-mo bullshit? Because we got it for you here. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Um, so, like, this whole scene, uh, yields in, um, the butler, Dom, dying the troll kills them but of course because this is a movie that is made after you know 1980 whatever like Dom dies and he's brought back to life a minute after he dies because why do we need stakes why do we need stakes why do we need emotion why do we need emotional investment it's you know we'll just kill off Superman bring him right back kill off Captain Kirk bring him right back kill off Shaggy bring him right back like <laughs> Just, like, I hate when movies do this. Like, I don't know, like, if either don't include a death in your children's movie or make death mean something. I don't know. It's just it's just very frustrating. And I don't know, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it completely undoes, like, the whole world could end if you kill someone and bring them right back immediately. Um, It's just, I don't know. Stakes are important. And this movie has no stakes. Um, at this point afterwards, uh, I have a bunch of question marks. Very big. Uh, <laughs> four lines thick. Um, mm-hmm. And it says, Artemis Fowl's dad's back. I don't know what happened. I I was watching the movie. <laughs> I was watching it intently.
1: I don't know what happened. But dad
0: came back somehow.
1: Oh, yeah. That, no, that, oh, no. Uh... Opal won uh, Cole Boldy, Uh Just let him go. <laughs> no, she was killing no. him. She was freezing him in
2: th- them them crystals, them blood crystals. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, I've seen this movie two times. One of which was hours ago, and I could not fucking tell you I, how I, Colin I Farrell reme- comes back.
1: Like I, he. That, that's true. I don't remember either. It's I just could not. He's I watched this last
0: night. I have. I, I don't. I, I was. I lost track of what was happening in this movie during the movie. Like, I don't know how he. Uh, did they just cut to him and he's in the room? I don't know. Like... The
2: the time dome is also imploding, but we have no concept of what that would mean. Mm-hmm. So, like. So, so, Captain Green Underpants is getting just, like, sucked in and out of these, like, time rivets, but it's not inconveniencing her in any way. She just shows up, like, three feet from where she was previously in the same space of time. So, like, what is the collapsing dome doing? What What is happening? It's the worst CGI sequence I've seen in a long fucking time. I haven't seen anything
0: this truly incomprehensible in many years. It just... I, I brought it up earlier, I'm gonna bring it up again. And I know, like, every hack does this when they're talking about mad, bad movies, but, like, it fits here. Um, with The Room, you can at least... Like, a lot of the reason the dialogue is so stilted and everything is so stilted in that movie is, like, it's written by someone who's like, English is not their first language. And that not being able to speak in English or speak coherently in English uh, causes mistranslation in a cinematic language. And that happens here. Like, the cinematic language, the movie of, the language of cinema in this movie is so broken and so, like, incoherent that you just can't, as someone who was watching it, like, I lost track of what was happening in it while I was watching it. And I'm not like... You know, one of those people, like, I got bored, I don't know. Like, I can follow what's happening in a movie, traditionally. But, like, this... And I definitely can follow what's happening in a movie, like, that's made for children. (laughs) But, like, this one, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know. Like, the dad comes back. Cut to dad, he's back. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Cut to dad, he came back, you know some
2: somehow
1: yeah my dad's um, here to also fail to do crimes yeah
2: to even do one crime i will still call myself a criminal mastermind in the same way that some people call themselves a writer but they've never written anything (laughs) artemis Fowl is like i'm a criminal mastermind
1: now i'm an entrepreneur i've started no businesses (laughs) but i'm an entrepreneur i'm an entrepreneur it,
2: just excessively dumb fucking shit. Holly gets back to Leprechaun HQ and they applaud her for no reason
1: and defecting with the enemy.
2: <laughs> you betrayed us in our time of need. Yippee! <laughs> the dumbest fucking movie I've ever seen uh, in my entire And
0: then that framing device where uh, Josh Gag is in is in prison recounting the story. Like, at the end of that, Artemis Fowl busts him out of prison, and then they go off yeah. uh, to see He's Gold like,
2: Land. your fairy dreams will it, become living nightmares.
1: It and I'm takes like, an eternity to say, you best believe in ghost stories, because you're in one. Remember
2: right. that incredible moment from the first Pirates where Jeffrey Rush says that, and compare it to literally any moment in this film?
1: Like, just can, can we it's... just take a moment to appreciate just Jeffrey Rush yeah. for oh, giving a hundred percent to everything he's in? Y- y'all, if you ever get a chance, it was an HBO original movie.
0: Uh, it might be on HBO Max or Go or whatever it is now. Uh, whatever one je- they've decided on. Whatever one they've decided. Whichever one they've landed on. Uh, Jeffrey Rush is uh, in a. He plays. The lead in the life and death of Peter Sellers. He plays Peter Sellers in that movie, oh. and it's, it's the raddest movie. It's such a that great. That sounds movie. so great. And Jeffrey Rush just is, he's almost a better Peter Sellers than Peter Sellers was. Um, sounds it's, dope. It's, it's a it's an incredible movie. Uh, John Lithgow plays Stanley Kubrick. Uh, good. Yes. Well, it's,
1: yeah. I, I mean, it's HBO, so they got to get Lithgow in there somewhere.
2: Yeah, got to cram in that uh, Lithgow. He's but in the I, stable.
1: It's. Uh, I remember it
0: being. Granted, it's been over a decade since I've seen it, but I remember it being absolutely incredible. Jeffrey Rush. No, I'm
1: is just, sure it's good. Jeffrey Rush is just the best part of everything that he's in. He's the only man who tried for Pirates of the Caribbean Five,
2: and and God, God bless him for it. God, God bless, bless him. him. God bless him for it. Anyway, uh, Josh Gad pulls his mouth again. The bit so nice they did it twice. The, the
1: exact same CGI, like the exact same shot. They just repurpose I, it from yeah. a slightly different angle.
2: They hit Control C and then Control V on his <laughs> effect, on that fucking effect. All right, we're done. We're done with fucking Artemis Fowl. This movie sucks shit. If I am if I am ranking. The four films that have been covered so far on this show. Artemis Fowl, dead last. Um, Sonic and Scoob are equivalently nothing. I guess slight edge to Sonic for basic coherence. You know, like, at least, like, they had rings in the Sonic movie, which is more than I can say of Scoob. Um, See, and I gotta give points number... ahead
1: for Scoob for just sheer insanity. Yeah, Just I th- I think madness. I might
2: I think I might be with you there. And the number one with a fucking bullet is Cats. Cats <laughs> kicks the shit out of every other movie we've seen on this show. Judy Dench fucking showed up for Cats, uh, and Judy Dench did not fucking show up here.
0: Can we, uh, old-
1: we watch something good next time? Can we watch like Hugo?
0: Y'all, let me tell you something. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you bring this up, Justin, because uh, this was something I was thinking about during this movie. Okay, real quick, if, if, uh, I know I wasn't there for the, I guess I was technically kind of there for the cast review, because I sent one in, um, but if I were to rank the four movies that's been reviewed on this feed, uh, Cats is number one with a bullet, Scoob is number two, Sonic is number three, and then way down at the very bottom (laughs) is, uh, Artemis Fowl. Um, but y'all, let me tell you something. I think this movie is incomprehensible, just on its own but
1: inconceivable, ex, inconceivable
0: un, impen, is everything. But I think a nugget of the reason of that was because I had severe uh, figurative whiplash watching this movie. And let me tell you why. The two movies I watched prior to this movie are Paddington and Paddington 2. Fan and, masterclasses of child filmmaking. Paddington 1 is the gold standard of children's movie uh i once we were talking about guardians of the galaxy volume 2 i think guardians of the galaxy volume 2 and logan are the godfather and goodfellas of uh of superhero movies of comic book movies i've not watched, Hell yeah. i've not watched a lot of comic book movies since those two because like they can't get better than this and like
2: no yeah that was it like they they they, 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 no, they, fucking, a th- they
0: spoiler it. vern they didn't and yeah and like, Scarface is fine, but Scarface cannot hold a candle to Godfather or Goodfellas. Guys, yeah. no. after Paddington and Paddington 2, they should never make another movie for children ever again. Paddington and Paddington... Paddington, the original, is the gold standard for just children's movies. Paddington 2 is the gold standard for sequels. Paddington yes. 2 might be the best sequel of a movie ever made. They are both phenomenal movies. They are not just phenomenal movies for children. They're phenomenal real movies where the stakes are real, where everything mm-hmm. is handled with a reverence and with an importance. They're, they mm-hmm. are masterclasses in setups and payoffs. Yes, um, yes, absolutely. Every, everything, like shockingly good. Everything that gets set up gets paid off in just the most perfect, beautiful way at the end of both of those movies. And they do a thing, like, they take, they do a thing that Sonic has not been able to do, that Scoob has not been able to do, where they take, granted, Paddington is not much here in America, but, like, they take this beloved children's character, this beloved character from fiction in general, and they treat him with a reverence and respect, and they do not ever do any of that solo A Star Wars Story bullshit stuff where, like... (laughs) When Paddington gets his coat that you see on every Paddington doll in the Paddington mm-hmm. movie, it is, we don't want you to get cold. And it is a simple act of love and a simple act of caring. And that mm-hmm. in itself makes it a beautiful, profound moment that gives that coat meaning. There's never a moment where like, I'm going to wear this coat forever and I'll always think of my family. And he looks into the audience. It looks into the camera. <laughs> like They are just like... Paddington and Paddington 2 are just, like, everything that a person who... A person who respects art and a person that respects cinema wants out of a movie. They are the gold standards. I cannot give those movies enough praise. Okay. I could praise those movies every day for the rest of my life, and I still would not have done enough done enough work for them. And just, like, going from Paddington to Paddington 2, which... The best sequel of all time. Maybe one of the best movies of all time. And then going to this was just like, was like the riding the Mr. Freeze ride in reverse. Just like
1: <laughs> 60 to zero in no time. The, the A movie for whom the only reverence is towards the almighty dollar.
0: Mm-hmm. Even if it does not get talked about on this podcast. Uh, Justin, you said let's talk. Let's watch a good movie next time, even if it's not Paddington or Paddington Two. If you guys have made it this far into this review and you've not seen Paddington or Paddington Two, or you dismiss those movies because they're about Paddington, get off your lazy ass and go watch those movies <laughs> right away. <laughs> Rent them, stream them, do it. Pay for them, please God, pay for them so they'll make more of those Paddington mm-hmm. movies. They are just like. The best things, the best things you'll see in a long, long, long time. I cannot give those movies enough reverence. They are everything. Artemis, Kevin likes to say this movie doesn't deserve to lick the boots of whatever. Like, this, Artemis Fowl doesn't deserve to lick the floor of the shoe store Paddington got its boots in and left from. (laughs) Like, Paddington (laughs) is in a whole other world outside of this it, It is, it is. I know I'm over... I, it sounds like I'm overhyping it, but no, I guarantee no, you I'm I not.
1: Can, I can corroborate for, with Vern. Paddington and Paddington 2 are, like, honestly watching them, they're the kind of movies that I hadn't got the same feeling since watching The Muppets. hmm In terms of quality, fa- and, like, it's family-friendly. The first decade of Pixar good. Yes, absolutely. Before they just took the hard pivot to sequels. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I gotta see these fucking bear they are, movies. They are, they they are like, they are crafts. They are switch watch fi- Swiss watch filmmaking. Yes. Just so yes. tight. Absolutely. There is no fat on any of it. Slick, simple production design. Everyone is acting their heart out and actually cares that they're here. No one phones it in. Uh, Hugh Grant In in Paddington 2 as a washed up actor playing all of his old roles. And
0: he's the villain of the movie.
1: And yeah, he's He's
0: so great, so
1: good in it. And he is having the time. Okay, everyone, just watch the Patrick Willems Paddington and Paddington 2 video essay. But watch
0: the movie first.
1: Yeah, if that doesn't convince you to watch them. Then you're a lost cause. I'm sorry. Go back to watching Boondock Saints 2 for a third time. <laughs> and just like,
0: uh, as, I, as, I, as I harped on Artemis Fowl for like, Artemis Fowl has no stakes. The stakes are so clear and so present at every single point of both movies. And just like, when things pay off, they pay off in such a good way. I'm a 30 year old man and I wept at Paddington 2, and it felt good to do it. Like, Artemis Fowl is just like the yang to uh, Paddington and Paddington 2's <laughs> yin. It's like, it's, they're, they're, <laughs> they're solar opposites and polar and solar opposites yeah. in every single way. Uh, this is the anti Paddington. I am uh,
2: going to fair warning. I'm go This episode will end as I slow fade out. You guys jerking off this bear to completion <laughs> and like fading <laughs> in. We, Di-
1: we 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 both prepare for a facial from this little bear.
2: Yeah, fading in Danny Boy or, or Locke Loman and fading out the two of you fucking just
0: yeah, razzling no, this bear with your mouth,
1: yeah. just full of Come on, you blackened tads, come here and face me like a man. But
0: here's the thing, Kevin. If you had seen these movies, you'd be right here with us. I guarantee it. Oh, Danny Boy,
3: the pipes, the pipes are calling. From land to land. This has been a talk back. Bye.